You are listening to the Content Academy Podcast. This is the Content Academy Podcast. I am Phil McGrath and you're very welcome to episode 58 of the show. We have a fantastic guest lined up today in Brittany Hammond. We will be speaking to Brittany about personal branding and style, running live events, your customer journey and why a customer should always be a repeat customer and how you can do your best to make sure of that. And we also speak to Brittany, of course, about some branding, imagery, photography and having a story inventory which is very very interesting so any and all of that appeals to you you can hang on for today's show but before we get into it we just have a word from today's sponsor hey guys paul here and i just want to take a a, a couple of moments to speak to you about a guy called todd herman um, you might not have heard of him he is a performance coach and he helps people achieve exceptional results he's worked with the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, the Real Madrid football team, a whole host of Olympians and another, a lot of other athletes as well. Also has worked with a lot of people in business. And the great thing about Todd Herman is it's not about the fluffy stuff. It's not about the bullshit. It's actually about the hard work everything that it takes to actually get results this guy really has a lot of content that will help you get there he has a number of free videos out at the moment uh, essentially todd herman in the 90 day year helps people achieve a year's worth of results over a period of 90 days now you will your first couple of 90 days you will notice improvements they will get better and better but it's about hard work. It's about processes. It's about being able to be a little bit smarter and a whole lot more effective with your time. It's not about efficiency. It's about effective and also being able to identify what is key to growing your business to helping you reach your goals uh, and what can actually be cut uh, and be removed from your, your day, your week, your month or your year. So if you would like to watch those videos, I really can't stress enough that you should because they are exceptional. You can get them at content.academy forward slash 90 dash day dash year or go to the today's show notes and there will be a link there to the 90 day year strategy and all of those videos. Enjoy. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hello and you're very welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, joined as always by the enigmatic Paul Caffrey. Miss your Caffrey. What's going on, Phil? How's it going? You well? Not too bad, not too bad. Thought I'd drop in the old Miss your Caffrey. Seems how we will be heading off to the south of France very, very shortly to speak to Brittany Hammond. Wee oui, wee, oui, yeah. She's a, in the neighborhood near Monaco, hanging out in Nice. Very nice part of the world to live. And uh, very nice. she dropped some knowledge as well on the show, so it was, it was quite interesting to see how she's getting on. Yeah, Brittany is a um, personal brand stylist. Um, amongst other things, I must say, she has a quite a lot going on. I'm fair play to her. She is very, very busy. But we speak to her about running live events, Paul. Um, and having her, her customer journey mapped out, I thought that was quite clever and very, very good in terms of kind of repeat business. Yes, she showed that a customer can be a repeat customer if you actually have the processes to, to allow that and actually consider it. So that was something that we spoke about. Um, also, branding, uh, imagery, photography, all, all that sort of stuff, which is quite important if you're, if you're doing an online 
blog, uh, no matter what topics you're covering. So we speak about that. And there's a few nice tips as well within that as, as regards people can actually take away. So all in all, there's some actionable advice uh, in there. Yeah, um, looking at your brand story, um, uh, a story inventory, which we go through. Um, you can have a listen in and see what you think about that. And uh, also some of Brittany's own personal struggles, which she mentioned at the end. And uh, since she's overcome that obstacle, she is really thriving. So without ruining it too much, Paul, I think we'll head on over and have a chat with Brittany and uh, we'll check in with you at the end of the show. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast. Yes. So as I said, we have Brittany Hammond on the line. Brittany, how the hell are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Thank you for agreeing to come on. I know this is one we've been trying to organize for a while, so it's great to get our uh, calendars in sync and get you on the show. Paul, how are you? Very well indeed. Yeah, looking forward to the show. Good. Brittany, before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's show, I suppose you might give our audience a little bit of background on you. So where you started and uh, what you're up to at the moment. Sure, absolutely. So I'm the founder of um, formerly Untamed Revolution, but I've changed now to Untamed Lifestyle and Business. And um, I help uh, particularly entrepreneurs, artists, and authors to create their personal brand, connect the dots from their personal story, um, and use it in their marketing so they can connect and create impact. And I also am an actor and a filmmaker, so I do work... um, here where I live in the south of France, I work with actors doing live workshops and programs um, and helping actors sort of work on their self-factor, um, owning in on their unique qualities um, and just giving a truthful and moving performance. So um, I have been in nonstop uh, launch mode basically since September because every month I have these live workshops uh, and I also work one-on-one with my private clients. So I've uh, been very busy lately. <laughs> Flat to the mat, indeed. Um, <laughs> how did you end up in the south of France? Just a, just pure curiosity. Um, so I originally came here. So I'm from Toronto. Uh, I went to school in Montreal, got the opportunity to do an exchange program in France. That would have been circa 2009. And I just absolutely fell in love with uh, Europe, the French culture, and I ended up staying here. So it's been seven years that I've been here. And um, I had stayed here a long time on a student visa. Uh, And I just actually got my my worker's visa, finally, (laughs) in France. So um, anything I do... Uh, with international clients, um, you know, as part of uh, what I declare in Canada, and then everything I do locally uh, is here in France. So I technically have two different business statuses, if that makes sense. It does indeed. It does indeed. So, I mean, looking at what you're doing, which I really love, by the way, um, a lot of our, our audience would struggle i suppose with the concept of of branding their own businesses or if they're branding themselves as a personality so is there any tips you can kind of give them maybe they're just starting out they've got a, got their own their own um sites up and running and they're looking to try and get their brand or message out there what would be the, the very basics that you'd start the foundations of that on i think 
the back, like if you're going to be a personal brand, I think a lot of it starts with you. And so a lot of people, when they start branding, they think of like the logo and the colors and the fonts, which is all kind of like the icing on the cake. That stuff really comes last. Um, part of being a personal brand is, you know, is about finding what your unique qualities are and what your specific stories and experiences are that can relate to your audience. And if you kind of look, I like to take, you know, Hollywood, for example, all of these celebrities, like they do create their own brands and people follow them just about. And if you put that sort of in a business um, environment, obviously you're going to be offering a service or a product. So it's not always just about you, but it's how you relate to your ideal client. So there's kind of this like relationship that you have to um, kind of work on and develop. And a lot of that will come through uh, with your brand story, with your messaging, with your photography, with your website, with your uh, social media posts. And I think that, um, you know, w when you're creating your brand story, it's always going to be starting with like your why, like why did you get into the certain business that you're in Yeah. and how, and how people can sort of see themselves, you know, in your story, even though it's yours, you always want to make it like relatable. Like it's sort of, it's about you, but it's not really about you. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can understand that it's, it's that you want your, perspective customers clients whatever it might be to see a little bit of themselves in you that they can say well they were where i i am now and they've got through that or they found a solution to the problem i currently have so they're the right person to show me the next step forward mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's like i sort of and this is just personal to me i kind of like that like polished like professional look i know you know, people go about it different ways, but I think that really having that consistency and all of your imagery really helps to elevate your brand. Um, I'm trying to think just like over different platforms, like even in your photography, like for example, not just having your cliche photo of you smiling, you know, working on your computer or something, which even myself, I'm guilty. I have this type of photo, but really finding different parts of your personality and seeing how you can convey them um, within your photography or within your stories, within within your anecdotes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think that's. Oh, sorry, go I, ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say no. I really like that point. And when we were speaking beforehand, Brittany, that was something that you you highlighted. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, have you any tips for people, you know, how often they should look to take pictures, you know, how many, what types they should try look to do and, uh, and stuff like that if they're looking to start now branding themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, depending on your industry and what you're into, um, maybe I can give like a concrete example. Um, um, I'll just use myself <laughs> as an example. Um, so I also am an actor. I also coach actors and I also am a filmmaker. So these are like unique parts of my personality that I weave into my brand. So when I am marketing my one-on-one -on -one brand services, I'm not just like a generic, you know, brand consultant or something. And that's naturally going to attract people that um, are very artistic because I'm very artistic and everything on my website, there's, you know, always a story behind 
um, you know, in French, they say like mise en scène, or I don't know what that is in English, but, you know, set up behind like um, the images I've created. And um, what else? Um, I just went off track. <laughs> no worries. I suppose how often would people, I mean, would you say once a year, once every three months for people to take a Oh, right. Or... So, um, like regularly, honestly, like, I do photo shoots almost every two or three months. And if I'm traveling, like I'll hire a photographer uh, where I am just to, like I do have a lifestyle aspect, for example, to my brand. So um, I was recently home for Canadian Thanksgiving. So I did, you know, photos um, in a pumpkin patch field just to go with the, um, the spirit of our Canadian yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, you can have like the web, the photos, on your website that can essentially stay there. I would say maybe update them once a year. But I think that with all the different types of social media, it's really important to, you know, if you're using Instagram or Pinterest, um, to constantly update those. And say you have like a sequence of blog posts coming out, you can take photos that, like say you're a health coach or something, for example, like, you know, have snapshots of you in the kitchen cooking or working out or whatever little photos like that that you can use in your blogs because it's just going to make your brand that much stronger I think it's really obvious when people use stock photos and it's like very impersonalized and I'm not against stock photos I've used them myself um but it's just kind of adding like that extra touch especially if you're a personal brand it's all about you so yeah Oh, that's, that makes sense. I really, really um, like that. And I suppose it gives people a guideline that perhaps they may not have thought of, you know, take some extra photos. Maybe one is used in the blog post and maybe others are used to promote it on, on the various platforms. Um, so again, yeah, that's something which uh, I do really like. And I think we probably, people probably don't do enough of it. It's very easy just to get those pictures taken once and then kind of park that. Um, I suppose I'm slightly going off topic, but hopefully not too far. Um, we do have, I suppose, a number of people who, who are starting out or have that personality brand look to set up live events or to do live training and uh, stuff along the lines of that. And then from speaking beforehand, Brittany, you'd mentioned that's something that, that you uh, do quite often uh, in France. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, have you any tips for, for people who say they were looking to do their first you know, one day live training event, uh, anything that the, anything steps that people could look to follow maybe? Yeah, absolutely. And in all honesty, when I did my first live event, which would have been almost two years ago, um, I sort of just kind of, you know, dived in like head first. I didn't really know what I was doing, but because it was local, it did require a different marketing strategy than what you do online like if you're promoting like a webinar or something for example um a lot of it was you know you do like you figure out like who is the workshop actually for so kind of like your client avatar work um a lot like there's I, I think I would say be prepared there's so much work behind the scenes that you know when people show up to the event they don't realize it's not you know them just showing up and you're speaking like there's the whole content preparation that you have to set up and then the advertising and the promoting behind it um I've sort of sort of gotten into the like it's very flowing for me now um 
I don't have as much prep work as I, I used to have because I can sort of, um, if I have like a newer audience and I can kind of like recycle themes and contents. Um, but when I do get repeat participants that keep coming back, um, then that's when I kind of need to like branch out and figure out, um, you know, what are some different topics? How can I, how can I broaden the subject? How can I, um, make sure that both new and old participants are going to be satisfied. And then I'm not just always doing the same workshop. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I, I really listen to what, um, the people want. I have them fill out like an anonymous kind of survey, not a survey, but you know, like a testimonial form after. And I ask them, you know, what did you like? What did you not like? And I think sometimes people can be scared to get that feedback, but I think, you know, the goal is just not to take it personally and just be open to, you know, see what works and what doesn't work. Um, yeah, I like that. And yeah. is there any, any additional questions that you would ask on a testimonial form? Is it just those two questions or would you put many more questions onto that? Yeah. So I always ask them, um, I like like in like specifically my events. Um, I like to make like an experience for the people, so it's not it's not like a seminar and they show up and they just listen and take notes. Um, we're really like building a community, so I'll ask them like what was their favorite part, what was one of their breakthroughs, what did they learn, um, and then you know I ask like what what could be improved, um, and I do get good feedback. There, there's things there's there's things that, that can be overlooked so it's it's good to yeah. have that feedback of course yeah absolutely key uh, and i suppose any any positive comments as well are always always nice to bring along the way um with mm -hmm. the with the content side of things is it very much you know a slideshow presentation or is it you you talk about a certain topic and, and then go into kind of role plays or you know what way have you have you done your events before Brittany? Sure. So um, the live events that I do are all for actors. So a lot of it is actor training and then sort of the business side. So I I actually have one coming up. It's funny that we're talking about this because I have my next one coming up next weekend. So I'm like, literally, I spent this afternoon planning it out. Um, I usually come up with a theme in advance, obviously, so I know what I'm what I'm marketing. Um, a lot of that is based on demand and a lot of it is interactive. So they'll like, I'll have certain themes where I'll pre prepare, like I call it like a speech. It's not really a speech, but you know, I'll kind of outline, okay, what am I going to talk about here? And then, um, because it is for actors, so that is interactive and they are going to be, you know, on stage and doing exercises, um, and then, you know, if they want to take notes, they can, um, but they're, they're basically like always on stage. They're not like passively listening. They're actively engaged, if that makes sense. And I think that, I think that's one of the things they like. Um, yeah, I I think that's, yeah, like when you're sitting there sometimes just listening, it, you know, your brain falls asleep. And like, so we'll, like, I take a lot of like, you know, techniques from Tony Robbins. So we'll do like dance breaks. Or, you know, we'll get up and we'll stretch and, um, yeah, they're never really just like sitting down. Um, it, I don't like, you know, impose that they take notes. Um, I do have some worksheets that I like print out for them, but a lot of it is about like sharing. 
So like, say we're working on, um, like, you know, typecasting, um, what types of roles you can get, um, they can write it down, but ideally the goal is for them to share it and say it out loud and get comfortable with like owning their unique, um, personality. So, yeah. And I mean, in terms of obviously running the live events, have you found that having done a few of them now, obviously that it's having an effect on your own brand as, as in it's getting easier to start filling these events. I assume starting out when no one probably knew much about you and what you were doing, you know, getting bums on seats was a little bit more difficult. Are you finding now having run a couple of them that it's getting easier to fill? Yeah. Well, so it sort of goes in waves because you'll get people. So the way that we like do it to make it sustainable um, is sort of every workshop will sort of go through a different theme. And then I also have a two and a half month program. It's called the American showcase. And we work on um, like character and scene work from, you know, American and French movies. And then they put on a show at the end. So typically people will kind of like filter through, like they'll start with the one day workshop and then they'll move um, to like, for example, this weekend I have a cinema workshop. So we're literally working on just like acting in front of the camera techniques yeah. and we film scenes. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of leave with like a, a mini demo reel. And then once they go through those, that basic learning process, then they'll come to our two and a half month program. Um, I found at first, I mean, surprisingly the first workshop that I did filled really well. And we had like good momentum because people kept coming back and then, and then, you know, people move on. So you'd have a one day workshop and then a two and a half month, um, kind of process for them to run through with a showcase at the end. Um, and then after that. Yeah. So, uh, they would start out, there's a one day workshop. We have a two day, uh, on camera workshop and then a two and a half month, um, stage program where they learn, um, how to put on a show. And then they do a show um, about in front of maybe 50 to 100 people. So to through, I mean, they'll either start by the program or they'll start by the workshop. It just kind of depends on at what moment they they find me. Um, a lot of people who started off by doing the workshops, you know, now they only come to the two and a half month program. Um, it's sort of like that screening. I mean, not, I don't want to say screening, but kind of like a casting to like get them into the, the show, show just because we don't take on everyone as well. So, yeah. Very good. So, I mean, you've really thought about the journey of, of your customer and who's coming through and it's not just a case of having a, a one-off that they come, they spend a day or two, and then, you know, you might run the same events in another month's time and look for completely different customers. You've really thought about the journey from having them come to a one day, a two day, and then the two and a half months. So you can really kind of push them through almost like a sales funnel to have them go through, but just with different products, obviously varying in length. And that's actually what's tricky is that like, for example, this weekend I have the camera workshop and I have um, old participants coming back and new ones. So it's, it's again, it's fine that balance of like, okay, what new content can I provide? propose on what old content can I still maintain for the for the new participants and it's sort of that's something I don't really know until I have the full registration and um 
you know, I don't like to close it off and say, no, you can't come if you've already been to one. Um, yeah, it's just good to to keep it open, but it's really just, um, you know, looking at the people that, that sign up and obviously being of service to them. Absolutely. No, I really, I really like that. The fact that you've given that thought and as, as a business model, obviously it, it's a very clever way of doing things rather than a kind of a one and a done approach. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, I just want to take a step back and go, go back towards more of the branding element. Um, For much of um for our listeners, I suppose, is there anything you would recommend that they would be doing um, in terms of a, a brand audit? So if they're kind of listening to this now in terms of their own branding, and we spoke about the photography and stuff like that earlier, um, is there anything that you'd kind of recommend they do or something that you do with your clients initially when you sit down with them to kind of see what the state of play is? Yeah, I mean, it depends on at what stage they're in when they come to me. I typically uh, work with people who have been in business for at least a year or two. Um, so and would, you, just, would you have then like a checklist that you'd go through if, if they were, say, in business a year or two? Would you have like a checklist or something you'd have to go through, like an inventory check to go, right, you've got your social profile set up, you've got your imagery, you've got your brand message. Do you go through that kind of stuff with them? Oh yeah, totally. Um, going through a lot of like what their, their core message is, um, going through, you know, taking a look at how they're doing in social media, um, on their website. And especially, you know, with today, um, it's so, it's so different when you're using like social, social media for personal use or for business use. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, it's, it's hard to post consistently, but I think that's the thing um, that makes the difference because, you yeah. know, someone has been around for a while. And if you see someone on their business page hasn't posted in like even a week, you know, or like two weeks. Yeah, you got to be thinking maybe they're a bit flaky. And um, yeah, well, it, honestly, like I've had I have to prepare my content like a month in advance like otherwise I don't get it done. Yeah. Like I can't post things every day. Um, so I, I have a schedule for myself. And so I'll sit down like, I don't know, maybe one or two days. No, I should say like three or four days a month. And I'll just like crank out like all of my content for that month. So blog posts, all the graphics, um, all of my story posts. And then I put it in Evernote and basically every day I don't have to think about it. I just go and like copy and paste. <laughs> it's like as easy as that. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's a fantastic way of doing it. Obviously one of the big problems that we all face is time and having the time to create the content that we want to push out there and, uh, and give our, our, our customers and our audience and it's having that time. So having a, a blocked off that you can create and a month in advance is fantastic. Cause again, like you said, you're just kind of into copy and paste then after that and hit publish and away you go. And even some of that we can automate with various tools that are available to us. Um, one thing that's come up consistently um, is, is the brand story and the brand message. I mean, obviously, having worked with a number of clients, you've seen some pretty good ones and some pretty awful ones, I would imagine. Are there any major kind of do's and don'ts you would you would offer up to our listeners in terms of uh, crafting their brand message or story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when you see those types of posts okay so these are the don'ts <laughs> um those types of posts that sound pitchy so if you're like you're pitching something 
when it's like you don't really care about your audience you just want them to buy something from you like you see right through that um when you come across as like kind of like a preachy like teacher type um but in a voice where you're like speaking down to your audience I find those posts like very like not engaging um if you come across as a victim so if you're telling telling some type of story about your experience but not from an empowered state I find as well that's not gonna um like emphasize what your business or services are about. I think the best way to tell a story, I think in all honesty, the best way is to first have like a story inventory. So like have a notebook on you and like take note of things that happen in your daily life. And always, you know, the story is going to be about you, but you always want to have this spin about how it's going to relate to the reader. And I think I find that posts that with questions like, does this sound like you? And then a whole like spiel, like I immediately don't read those. I just skip over them because I just feel like they're speaking to me, like they're trying to like pitch me or something. And I've noticed in my own social media, the posting, the ones where I'm just the most honest and vulnerable um, are the ones that get the most engagement. Real. Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to, relate to those. And the funny thing is, and um, I suppose I'm sitting here listening to, to the advice you're giving, Brittany, and it's stuff I'm kind of nodding my head going, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And, <laughs> but yet at the same time, and I know our audience are doing exactly the same, but at the same time, we will do some of the things we're not supposed to. But it's only, you know, you kind of point it out and you go, yeah, well, obviously that makes sense. But it's not that obvious because we still fall into the trap of, of, of creating the copy or writing the blog post or, or crafting our message in such a way that to us at the time, we don't see ex- how we've lab- run it out, that it, how it's going to look to the people reading it or watching it or listening to it. Um, so again, I know this, it sounds like, oh yeah, well, obviously that's how you're going to do that. But it's, we still fall into these, uh, these, these uh, potholes of our mistakes that we kind of get sucked in and, and make a mess of it. So thank you very much for sharing those. I'm conscious that we're getting tight for time. Um, so we're getting towards the end. So I have one or two more questions. Paul, you got anything else you want to throw at Brittany? Um, I'm, I have a whole heap of questions, really. I suppose one would be, yeah, you know, what has been successful in helping you build your list? Is there anything that you've been able to use which has given you great success in, in that area? Um, so full disclosure, this is something that I have not yet created because I have been completely referral based for three years now, um, which is something that I'm actually working on right now. <laughs> Excellent. So, well, either way, the business is coming in. That's the main thing. So I suppose I, if let's dig into that. If we're talking about referrals, then do you well, actively yeah, ask clients like, for referrals? Like, honestly, two weeks ago, I had six referrals and I like booked every discovery call and like I'm just they just found me on Facebook like that's and just because the nature of my work you know it's the smallest service I offer is probably like 300 US dollars right so if you calculate this is for my like the online aspect of my business it goes fast right it's it, it adds up quickly so I don't need that many clients actually per month. It's only now that I'm 
um, working on my list building and, um, because I, I need to leverage my time more. So I, I honestly, I waited before doing my list because I wanted to be super clear on my message, which honestly, two years ago, I wasn't when I, when I launched my business about three years ago, I had clients, but I didn't really know what my core message was. And I think that's important what, before building a list is to know, not just building a list and creating some freebie for the sake of it, um, creating something that's, you know, that you can build over time that's going to be sustainable. Because I don't want to make a freebie that people are going to sign up and then opt out just because I am more of a lifestyle brand and I want people um, to follow me because they like the content that I give out and they like my lifestyle. Cool. I think there's so, there's some really important stuff there. So much as you're saying, everybody says building a list is really important. But I suppose if you don't have a message and if you if you don't have anything to deliver that list, it's just a, a waste of time if everybody starts unsubscribing. So um, I think there's definitely something in that. So uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Brittany. You're welcome. Now, I have got the question that everyone gets. There is no escaping it. And uh, now is your time, Brittany. It's the one question I ask every single guest without fail. And it is simply this. Can you give me one thing that you have learned since starting your uh, your business journey that you wish you knew um, when you started out? Gosh. <laughs> um, I wish... Um, so I had run a local six-figure business when I was living in Canada. And I, when I transferred to the online world, I wished someone would just tell me to get over it and post on social media and just accept that if you want to succeed in online business, then you just have to consistently post. That for me, like, was my biggest struggle. And I feel like that really delayed me. And the proof is that it took me this long to get an email list. Because I when was you just... say When you say get over it, was that just about putting yourself out there and having your image and your message? Um, posted out to the, to, to the world? Yeah, because I sort of, I mean, just because what I do, a lot of what I do is visual, like I could already attract clients because they saw what I was up to. Um, or again, like referrals, but kind of just stepping up and owning that if you want to be a leader, then you need to do like X, Y, Z. And part of that is being consistent and, you know, people say it, but like, you have to, you just have to do it. You have to live it. And I, I, I see a lot of people struggling with that as well. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to put myself out. I don't know. I, I really struggled with that, the whole mindset around that. Um, just because I am like a little reserved and I didn't like putting my whole life out there. And I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to get over it. Otherwise I'm going to stay at the same level where I am. And, um, that's why I bring a lot of growth that I've gone through in the past, like seven months is just putting myself out there consistently, which I kind of thought, ah, you know, I wasn't really doing it before, Yeah. but now that I have, like, I've seriously seen like massive growth. <laughs> so 
there you go folks don't think about it just do it get out there and share your message Brittany thank you very much I think that's a fantastic note to end today's show on and before I let you go uh if our audience want to reach out to you, say hello and th thank you for sharing uh, all that information today. Where can they get a hold of you on social media? Absolutely. So I'm very active on Facebook, uh, Brittany Vanessa Hammond, or Instagram, which is under, I think it's under my name. Yeah, I think it's Brittany Hammond too. Um, or on my website, untamedrevolution.com. Excellent stuff. We'll make sure to have links to all of those in today's show notes for you folks. So uh, don't worry about clamoring for a pen. Brittany, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you once again for coming onto the show and we'll uh, chat to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast. Yes, yeah, so there you have it. That was Brittany Hammond from untamedrevolution.com. Paul, have you got a story inventory? I certainly don't have a story inventory. It's something which I'll need to work on. How about you? Yeah, no, I don't have either. It's quite interesting. Um, we have a lot of we have an inventory of a lot of things, but a story inventory is not something I have. But I really do like the idea, especially yeah, I suppose for those of you out there who may be looking at angling at a personal brand, um, and looking with other brands in terms of um getting products and reviews and having a, your own personal kind of brand out there. It's a great way of kind of keeping a bank of ideas there, a story inventory. So stuff that happens in your day-to-day -day life that you can share with your followers within your blog posts on your Instagram, Snapchat, Instagram stories, wherever it might be. But having... <laughs> Mad for the Instagram at the moment, Phil. I am. Always on Instagram. Insta, yeah, Insta, Insta Google Tweetface. Google's be face indeed that kind of covers um, everything um, but I really like the idea of the story inventory so keeping a, a kind of list of you know funny anecdotes things that generally happen throughout your day if you know like me yesterday did I tell you what happened to me yesterday no I got a what flat, happened to you yesterday hit a pothole and got a flat tyre blew my tyre and were you able to change it of course I was. I'm a man. Yeah. Men change tires. <laughs> cool. No, I, I, I know what you mean. It. I know a lot of guys who actually don't know how to change a tire. But yeah, I was able to change it. But luckily enough, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was traveling um, at any great speed. I was actually going really slow because I was trying to avoid oncoming traffic and uh, hit a pothole and burst the tire. But... <laughs> Hang on a second. You were, you were on the wrong side of the road. No, the... it was a narrow country lane. It was done. There's only room for one car to pass at a time. So I'd kind of pulled in to, the, pulled in to let the car coming towards me pass so I could then move out and go down the lane. And uh, I didn't see the pothole and hit it. And as soon as I oh. hit it, pop went the tire. But, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. I do remember getting out of work kind of five or ten minutes early on a Friday. And I was working outside of Dublin about 45 minutes. And I was out of there like a bat out of hell. And just as I drove off a country road onto a motorway, I hit a pothole like yourself. And uh, yeah, it took me about half an hour to change that tire. All these trucks sped past <laughs> me and the car was shaking on the jack and I'm there going, oh, this is not good. But thankfully managed to, to get it done. But uh, then, yeah, there's, there's a story, Paul. Sorry, the whole point that was, that was the story. It, having something like that to put into your day, you know, lessons learned from a breakdown. You know, you can relate that story to things you want to show your audience or your readers or prospective clients about how that, you know, daily occurrence or that one incident has helped you think about where you're going or your business or what you can shape it from. So having those anecdotes, uh, which we spoke about, can really help you craft a message towards your audience or people you're going to work with. 
I guess that also helps towards Britney's final message, uh, which was don't be afraid to go on social media, to embrace it as soon as possible. That might make it a little bit easier if you're unsure as to what to put out on, on those various channels. It doesn't always have to be business. No, of course, people people do business with people. So, you know, you need to be personable. Um, And I, I love that I actually have the quote written from Brittany here. It's a people say it, but you just have to do it. And she's dead right. You know, people will tell you like myself and Paula give you guys advice about what what we think you should be doing. And certainly our guests will give you advice about what they've done and uh, what you should implement. But uh, it's all very well and good us telling you, but you just have to go and do it. So I really, really like that from Brittany that once she kind of got through that barrier, I suppose, and was able to truly put herself out there, she's seen uh, dramatic changes, she said, even just in the last seven months. Um, so it's fantastic. Yeah, I like that. And also the the way that talking about doing things and speaking about doing an event, she very much was very quick to kind of mention, well, You've got to think about the content. You've got to think about how you're going to advertise that. You've got to think, well, how will you actually promote it coming up towards it? How, who will it be for? And how will you actually, you know, tailor that to the audience if it's repeat customers? So all of that, very, I suppose, very logical, very much everything broken down in, into subtasks, which I think is, is maybe, I suppose, an insight as to how Brittany runs her, her two businesses side by side. But again, I do like that because, you know, people are saying it, you're going to do it. Well, actually, how do I do it? Breaking it down into smaller tasks actually makes it manageable because it could be very easy to get overwhelmed if you are looking to run an event and you don't get yourself organized. Then all of a sudden, the pressure of letting people down or, or delivering a substandard or a poor event will um, could be bad for your brand, but also you don't want to waste people's time as well. So that is something which I took away from. It's kind of you know breaking things down and, and putting them into a logical step-by-step approach. Yeah, listen, absolutely. It most certainly is uh, a great way to approach live events. Um, of a few other bits, just in terms of obviously Brittany's honesty about her email list, I thought was very refreshing. Um, but the fact that she was stated that she wanted to be clear on what her message was before she started building a list, that she didn't just want people to sign up for a, an opt-in and then immediately opt out. Yeah, I, I like that because... We're always told you need to start with a list. We say that you need to start with a list as well. But if you don't have a message or if you don't have anything to provide that list with, well, it's just going to cost you money in the long run with it, just an expender you're using, Aweber or whatever the platform might be. You know, So it could just become a, a, an expensive resource, which is untapped. Now, what is interesting is when people, I suppose, are referred, she would do some free calls with people and uh, look to turn them into clients and then she has a lot of paid client engagements maybe for those who who know what they're looking to, to purchase off of her um, but it also goes to show the the power uh, of doing good business and delivering good products and services and if you can get to that stage then you can pretty much live off referrals and at the end of the day referrals you know it's basically a test of, it's just a testimonial but with, with somebody is is actually you know um, it's better than any advertising you can do absolutely yeah absolutely whether it's written or whether it's actually you know some people have had a chat and that person comes your way so much better than you know a blanket email or a fire or whatever it could turn out to be so i say a lot of people are probably sitting there going yeah but that's great i don't have anybody giving me referrals at the moment how do i get to that stage Uh, and i suppose that's the challenge is you need to have products and services in the core message which actually delivers value and that's what breeds referrals. They won't just come along at the start. So I wouldn't be too dis- disheartened if you don't have any referrals today. 
it's about doing i suppose the, the simple things well and building your business up towards that yeah absolutely we've got to start somewhere and build on those strong beginnings Paul, I think we will wrap it up there for today. A lot of great nuggets of information in today's show. And don't forget, folks, if you want to get any and all of today's show notes, you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 58. That's episode 58 for all of today's show notes. But until next time, folks, have a great day, a fantastic week, and we'll chat to you soon. All the best. 